there is a fifth dimension beyond that which is known to man. It is a dimension as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area which we call the Twilight Zone. All right, welcome to another episode of the Twilight Highlight Zone. I'm your host this episode, Jeff Cork, joined today by my buddy, Ben Hansen. I'm the buddy. All right. And as you know by now, we're watching every episode of the Twilight Zone, the original series, which you can stream on Netflix, uh, doing a recap podcast for uh, every five episodes. And we encourage you to watch along with us, which you can't do, but watch it around the same time as us Mm -hmm. and then listen to our podcast afterwards and... Yeah. Applaud with us, mock with us, love with us, cry with us, die with us. On Earth, or maybe it isn't Earth. So this leads into episode 16, (laughs) called The Hitchhiker. The Hitchhiker. And after so many sci-fi episodes in the last block, it was really refreshing just to see a pretty banal intro. Just a girl. Beautiful girl. A beautiful lady getting her tire repaired on the side of a road. After she narrowly avoided death. You, yeah, you, yeah, I should have been coming here with a hearse, not a whatever tire guy. That's what the tire guy said to her. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. So then uh, she gets back in her car and she sees a really dopey looking hitchhiker dude. Oh, yeah. And my first thought was, oh, okay, clearly something's going on with this guy. It's going to be her guardian angel. Mm-hmm. And it's going to save her from death over and over again. Right. And the rest of the episode, it's her driving across the country. Mm-hmm. And she keeps seeing this dopey hitchhiker dude everywhere. And before they like cut to commercial, he'll like be real close to the camera. That and was the best look at shot. Us. Oh, and that was the best shot. Ugh. The most obnoxious shot is where she's driving the car away in this pretty wide shot. And then the hitchhiker just walks right in front of the camera and looks at it with a yuck. I did not like that. <laughs> this is, episode definitely has the most jump scares mm-hmm. out of any episodes yet, where like you know he's in the back of the car or he's yeah. just suddenly on the side of the road again. But it's it, not really a scary episode. It, it was for me. She runs out of gas in the yeah. middle of nowhere because she's taking back roads because she's like ah he's always on freeways. So right, right. Back roads runs out of gas, goes to the guy with the at the gas station, and he says come back tomorrow. Yeah, and then. Comes back, and then there's a sailor. A sailor stops her, and he's, he's like, hey, what's a pretty lady like you doing here all alone, or whatever? And right, then, right. And then she ends up trying to hit the hitchhiker, because she sees him again. Yeah. And the sailor gets really freaked out. Whoa, 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 whoa. interesting <laughs> bit where she, where the sailor's like, I'm getting out of here, I'm going to try and leave. And she tries hitting on him to keep him in the car, like, hey, you know, I'm just a lonely I girl. Like, oh, she, her, that was great, too. I like you. I, I think we should be friends. Yeah. It was like, ah, censorship or something, right? <laughs> Clearly something's going on there. So then by the end, she ends up calling her mom and she gets her mom's assistant or friend. Yeah. And her, she learns that she died in that car accident. Well, the mom is hospitalized because she's so distraught Be- over the fact her daughter died. Right. In a car accident. Right, right. And so that was a twist I did not see coming and I loved it. Yeah, that was a great episode. Yes. And, and then the hitchhiker says to her, hey, you're going where I'm going? She's like... Yes, I wasn't even scared anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's that great bit where she's dead, and I find this concept fascinating, and just she doesn't realize it. Every ghost story that has that, I, I automatically love. Yep, and as soon as, like, they, she describes it, as soon as she gets off the phone, she's no longer scared. She doesn't really feel anything. Yeah, she just looks completely numb and vacant. Serene, this yeah. is, We should point out this is the first episode with uh, narration. Yeah. Outside of Rod Serling. Exactly. She, and outro. Yeah, she's got a voiceover the whole thing. Yeah, really unnerving... A pretty cool episode. I gave it a nine. 
I gave it an eight. There's also a, a line in her narration where she says that she's refrigerated by fear. Yeah. But it reminded me of, uh, I take it you're a Douglas Adams fan. I read the Hitchhiker's book. Okay, that's about it. Yeah. But in um, Dirk Gently, which is like his detective agency series, there's mm-hmm. only two, two and a half. Uh, in the first one, there's a character that dies and it's the best part of the book by far. But it reminded me of this episode because it's a character that dies and he does not, or he is dead and he just does not know what to do. Oh, it, just, okay. it turns out that being a ghost is just super boring and like you can hover above your body, but you can't interact with anything. And it's just an entire chapter of his mental process of like, what the hell am I supposed to do? There's no direction in this afterlife. This sucks. Get in the car. <laughs> Get in the car with the Sheesh. creepy hitchhiker guy. So I like this one a lot. I ended up giving it an eight. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty cool premise. Yeah, it definitely is a, is a standout for me. I didn't find it nearly as scary as you did. But yeah. It, it's I just get, It's more unnerving, I think. It's not like spooky. Right. It's just kind of right. like a... Oh, and that train sequence. Oh, yeah. So she sees him on the other side of the train tracks, and she tries to floor it to hit him again for the second time. The car is always stalling. And yeah, and of course it stalls on the train tracks, but it's a great sequence where she's yeah. trying to get off the train tracks just in time, and they shot it in a brilliant way where she just gets off in the nick of time, of course. Yeah. And then the camera is down by like the hood of the car, and it kind of pans along with the train as it passes, and it's really well yeah. shot. It works really well. Yeah. All right, so the next one is a little episode oh, called... Yeah. The, the fever. fever. All right. The fever is the dumbest premise. Apparently this lady wins a contest to go to Las Vegas right. with her husband, uh, spendthrift uh, named Franklin. Yeah. And, and he does not like gambling at all. He has, does not like it at all. Exactly. He may, I think he might be Amish or something. He does not like anything <laughs> about this. They yeah. were just going to, his idea was like, I'm going to indulge you. We're going to go here for three days or whatever. And he just wanted to sit in the room. You know, that was just the, the vacation for him was just going there and then coming back. It's kind of like you and every cover story. Exactly. Yeah. I just want to sit in the room. And <laughs> no television. Turn that off. Put it out in the hallway like poltergeist. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, the wife is just like, oh, come on. And then she, all the people are having so much fun with these slot machines. And then they cue all these shots of just people robotically moving their arms. And he's like, ah, oh, they're, right. they're fools. They're suckers. You know, this is stupid. The wife puts like a, a nickel in and he's all super uptight about it and right. she pulls the handle and loses and he says you're a fool whatever so they're starting to leave and then this drunk guy like comically drunk comes like, hey mister this hasn't paid off maybe you're lucky and puts like money in it franklin pulls it and he wins a little bit yeah hmm. so that kind of goes oh whatever so he takes the money and he goes back to his room and then he's looking at the stack a little bit and he's well maybe it's I'll- almost as if he starts to feel the fever cork I hadn't thought about it that way. I think that, yeah, you're right. His wife finds him downstairs, yeah. and he's screaming at the slot machine, and oh. he pushes it over and screams, give me back my money. Oh, yeah, because he's just he's been going for like eight hours. The pit yeah, yeah, bosses yeah. at this point are just like, Jesus, this guy's a wreck. He's, yeah. He hasn't eaten or anything. He's just a just. He's like, I, I know I can beat this. I, I know I can beat this. It's a system. They, they think you, you're a fool. You know? I don't know. Right. So anyway, he's like taking out all these advances. He's gone deep in it. That $1 was all it took to hook him. Yeah. So anyway, and then the pit boss at one point is like, ah, he's got the fever. I've never seen it this bad. So anyway, he goes back to his room, just completely defeated. And then you hear this awesome sound. Franklin. And it sounds like like coin slots. Franklin. Franklin. And he's like laying awake. Franklin. And he like opens the door and it's like the slot machine is there. And back then slot machines were not like you think of them now. They had like these spindly little legs. Yeah. And it's, a, it's the dumbest thing. It's also the best thing. And he just looks absolutely terrified. Like, oh, right. uh, and he just throws himself out of the window. 
Yeah, this is one of those examples where just like in, oh, what is it called? It's one of the Twisted Amusement Park where you see a huge glass window. Yeah. It's like, there's no way he's not going out of it. Oh, and then the dollar rolls. Because he's like, oh, give me back my dollar. You owe me a dollar. Yeah, because right, remember right, he right. The, it didn't let him spin the last dollar. And then you see it like everyone is sur- surrounded. There's broken glass of crowds. And then there's a slot machine there. It's just they're like one of the people, like one of the rubberneckers at this accident is in a slot machine. And it, then it like spits out the dollar and it rolls by his hand. And it rolls right to his hand. And this is an episode that started. And I'm like, all right, it's something different. Uh, you know, I'm curious to see where this goes. And clearly Rod Serling just wanted to write an episode about gambling addiction. Mm-hmm. So I actually, I read a little bit about the creation of this episode and, you know, it was written by Rod Serling as most of these are. And I think it was before the production of the Twilight Zone, but he just had a long trip to Las Vegas and he did have a bit of a gambling addiction. Yeah. And so he clearly just wanted to write about this issue and then realized, ah, I need some twist in there. And the twist is, to make the slot machine alive and make it scream Franklin. <laughs> yeah, that slot, the, the casino looks like the least fun place to be either. It's just a bunch of slot. It, it looks so shabby and low rent. Yeah. I, I wonder if that was like, a, was Vegas like that back then? I yeah, who knows? Know. There was a last reference to the, uh, the, their hotel room was uh, room 23. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, so this episode, it's tough to review because clearly we're both excited about it because oh, it is so stupid it's so dumb it's the dumbest unlike 16 millimeter shrine which was just stupid yeah this is redeemably stupid i would say all right cork how'd you review i think it? we're of like minds here i don't know about that <sighs> i'm going with my i'm going with my heart uh-huh. not my brain on this one okay right right i'm gonna give it a nine holy cow because as i'm watching it i realized that this is just supremely dumb like and when he opens the door and you see the slot machine on these you have to watch this if you haven't watched it you need to do it Franklin. and these stupid (laughs) little spindly legs with wheels on the end and it's like getting closer and closer and it's like terrifying this crone man yeah they try and make it look like it has a little bit of a face on it as well. Oh, and it's like a little surprised face. It's not even like a scary <laughs> It's not like they tried to make it a scary face. It looks like it's in a constant state of, where am I? Ah, break right, break right. I, I loved it too. I, I had to give it a six. Just in like, flip in it a, over. Flip it over. In the scheme of Twilight Zone, it's fun to watch, but it's not the reason I'm coming to Twilight Zone. But who knows? There could be so many more episodes deeper on mm-hmm. that are just as stupid and in this vein where yeah. he wants to write about one subject and needs an absurd twist, so he throws it in there. The Last Flight. This one's on you. Last Flight. All right. This one, World War I pilot is taking off in, uh, he's taking off in France mm-hmm. and he decides to land and he lands in the modern day. Yeah. Yeah. He lands on an American Air Force base yep. in France. Yep. And it's a lot of them running out being like, hey, why are you in those dumb old clothes? Why are you in this dumb old plane? You can't fly that around here, that antique. Well, I never. I'm a member of the blah, blah, blah. He is just unraveling this mystery, trying to figure out why he jumped forward in time. And there's that fun bit where after he lands, he's like, oh, I knew you Americans were quite (laughs) advanced. Yeah, advanced technologically, but I didn't know you were this advanced. But (laughs) nothing on the Air Force Base that's just surrounded by jets and everything like that stands out to him as just being sci-fi or Atlantish for Mm -hmm. his world. Yeah. It's kind of a fun premise. So then he goes inside and slowly finds out that he is from the past. And coincidentally enough, he was in the middle of a dogfight when he went back uh, forward in time. Right. And he he chickened out and he abandoned his wingman. Right. The wingman who he assumed was dead, but... He's coming to the Air Force Base later that day. Yeah, what an amazing twist. 
Yeah, so... Th- That's it, not the twist, though. No, it's not the twist. It's frustrating in episodes like these when they skip over the most fun part. And the most fun part of time travel to me is people explaining what has happened in that span. So right. I always want that scene where they sit down the guy from the past and they're like, you're, you're never going to believe what happened. Mm-hmm. Kind of like in uh, Walking Distance, how the father doesn't ask about the future yeah. from his time-traveling son. It's a similar case here where like they hint at it, mm-hmm. where they're like, yeah, it's in that Second World War that we told you about. But I want to see them describe the Second World War to this guy from World War One. Yeah, exactly. That is such a fun premise, and they kind of jump over it. But it's still... A pretty cool idea, even though he spends most of his time in a holding cell. Right. He thinks that that his mission is to, he needs to get back into the sky to make sure that that guy does live to appear on the base, because he thinks that the guy was surrounded by uh, Germans, and that by him abandoning him, by traveling through time, that guy's dead, so nobody will be showing up. Right, right. So, so then he gets back in his plane. But, but the first, really funny yeah. though, that he he breaks free because they kind of they detain him because they're like, this guy's kind of crazy. Yeah. He he does a punch to the the captor's gut and it right. makes a punching sound, which is pretty great. What do you mean? Like like a like oh, one of those. He's, he's got like a, yeah, and he's got like a glass like a glass gut. Like it just <laughs> doubles over and he just gets knocked unconscious. Just yeah, like a yeah. little, he flew into a white cloud. That's how he knows where to fly. <laughs> Yeah, just aim for the white cloud. Aim for the white cloud. Yeah, so he ends up flying away. You don't find out exactly what happened to him at this point mm-hmm. because it keeps the focus on the base and the general coming. He's a British British general, and he finds out that this guy was here because the guy left behind his ID and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But he informs everybody else on the base that this pilot died saving his life Ah, way back in the day. So it's a nice loop. He didn't blow the timeline yeah, he wasn't a coward after all. Yeah. He just went back and ended up dying, he protecting this general's life. Exactly. I liked it a lot. I ended up giving this episode an eight. Yeah, I thought I, I probably sounded more up on it while I was talking about it. I gave it a four. Didn't really four, really? Yeah. I mean, it was okay, but it just seemed kind of didn't really do much for me overall. Yeah, you're not a fan of time happen. travel. I love time travel. It's one of my favorite ways of traveling, <laughs> actually. All right, uh, next episode is The Purple Testament. <sighs> Take it away, man. Two military episodes in a row. Yeah. So this one, a an, an army lieutenant they're in World War II. Right. Right? He suddenly realizes, uh, or he, he's convinced that he's able to determine uh, if people are going to die or not. He comes back from a mission, and he's really bummed out because a bunch of dudes died. Right. And one of his buddies is like, why are you so upset? You know, a bunch of dudes died. He's like, yeah, but I knew it this time. You know, I could see it on their faces. But it's funny. He describes it initially. as like, I can see something on their faces. I don't know exactly how to describe it or what it is, but it's clearly something on their faces isn't right. And then later on, you see what he's seeing. And it's just like it's, a glimmering light on their face. It's like somebody's shining a flashlight or oh reflecting yeah. it off. Let a me tell you a spooky pan. story. Yeah. That kind of thing. Basically. That exact effect. Yeah. So basically, um, they're going to go on another patrol and uh, he sees that his buddy the light is on his buddy's face, you know, and he's like, you're going to die next or whatever. And then uh, he sees it on his own face later on. Ends and up dying. Dies in a Jeep crash. And his buddy, we should point out, is uh-huh. the guy from Bewitched. But yeah, I, I enjoyed this episode overall. My favorite thing about the episode, I got two things yeah. about this one. Um, I think I know what you're going to say. The one guy, his buddy, who heard that he was going to be dying, he kind of like, before he went on his mission, emptied the contents of his wallet, right? Yeah. So like pictures of his family, right. put his wedding band on there and stuff like that. When they come back and learn that he died, his superior officer is like, you know, we lost one man today. And then it cuts to this picture of a smiling baby with its bare butt. 
It just made it seem like that's the man they lost, and it made me laugh because okay. I, I got a lot of growing up to do. <laughs> I was expecting this to be okay. To what really is it? tickle you? It's when uh, they're like, "Man, it's war. You're le- killing good men, and also you're leaving behind loved ones." And they're listing all the people mm-hmm. that are affected by the death of a soldier yeah. in war. And then he just goes, "War, war stinks." stinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, war stinks is pretty great. And like again, this is. The creed of the Twilight Zone for Serling is zero <laughs> censorship. Yeah. It's like, war stinks. He says war stinks. Yeah. Even back then, that must have sounded ridiculous. Yeah. There was something, a really nice shot that I thought. And yeah. I'm going to sound high flute and like you. Please. Um, There's the moment he sees his reflection. It's yeah. because he's shaving or he sees himself in like a little shaving mirror. Right. 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 And it's a, it's like a mirror that's on this kind of makeshift stand and uh-huh. he sees it and he's so distraught that he like knocks the mirror off. Right. Yeah. And the stand is like a shape of a cross. Which oh, is kind really? of interesting. Oh, I missed that yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. I enjoyed in this episode when everybody, like the rumors started spreading, this guy can predict the future or predict who's going to die. And there's that line outside his tent mm-hmm. of people being like, look at my face, look yeah. at my face. Oh, yeah. And he kind of walks up and down trying yep. to see who will die. Yeah. And I like the idea of people trying to downplay his supernatural powers and stuff like that. There is something interesting about this episode. Also, yeah. um, I could be mistaken, but um, when he sees the Jeep driver and sees the sparkle on that at guy's face yeah. as well at the end, realizes, oh, this is how I'm going to die. Yeah. In the music that's playing, you kind of hear the what we now know as the Twilight Zone theme. Oh, really? You kind of hear it in the background. It's like it's not straight up in your face. This is the Twilight Zone theme, but it's just kind of right. like in there in the background. So huh. I would listen to it again. It's interesting. Fun. I ended up giving this one a six. Yeah, that one a six. How about a five? Okay. Yeah, didn't right. really do much for me. That's probably fair. I think if, if it had been uh, in color mm-hmm. and we'd seen purple, I would right. have been better. <laughs> this shit is called the testament but yes, so this is the second episode do. i think about world war ii if yeah. you count that submarine episode and i guess it's interesting rod sterling was in world war ii himself he was a paratrooper mm-hmm. so i'm curious how much of a running theme i know that there's a great hour-long episode later on that we'll hopefully get to yeah uh that also focuses on world war ii so i'm guessing it's going to be a running theme throughout the show mm-hmm. cool there i don't think go. war has very many defenders all right moving on to the next one the next one's called elegy elegy all right take it away quirky so some spacemen, really? Okay, <laughs> they, they land or sci-fi? They uh, land their their rocket plane. I think they're running out of fuel, yep. and this is like the only place they can go, right? Yep. So they land on we'll just call it Planet X. Okay? Right. They get there and they're like, well, according to the calculations, this air is breathable. We don't have enough fuel to take off. We're kind of stuck here. So it's they... the first time people have really cared about air in the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Every other place, is like, ah, yeah, we'll just land on this asteroid. Who cares about breathing? No yeah. reason to test it. Let's go periodic table if i'm not mistaken it just been discovered around this time there we go they need oh anyway they get off the ship and they're like what is going on and then they see like signs of life but in a really bizarre way like everything is frozen so there's like a guy in a rowboat and like a fishing hole yeah big grin plastered on his face dog is frozen there's a guy at a tractor and then they start working their way toward a city and it's just like they hear music and there's like a band there's a parade yeah and but nothing is moving there's there's like a shot of like this kind of homely lady is winning a beauty contest. Right. And it's, it's super weird. You well, know? you say nobody's moving, but the uh, actors people are quietly are, People twitching. are trying so hard not to move. It's, and they're blinking quite a bit. Yeah, <laughs> they, the, the, the most notorious, like when they go into this uh, city hall and there's yes. like this mayoral election. And I think, yeah, this one guy is super happy and everyone is like big crowd. And there's this one guy on the left who's just ruining it for everyone. Yep. He just will not stop blinking. And he's like trying to like SOS or you know, he, Yeah, he had like a secret signal for his family back home. Like, hey, yeah. check it out. I'm in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> I'll blink four <laughs> times. Yeah. You'll uh, notice. Trust me. <laughs> 
So but, right, pretend Jim, that nobody's moving, okay? Then right. they walk by this house, and then this guy is like frozen and he's reading a paper, and then he looks up and it plays like the dumbest song. This little and yeah. it, right. well, there's a hint before that you knew that something was going to be going on with that guy because they were in the beauty pageant area and they were leaving. Mm-hmm. And then this thing before the commercial break is that guy turned around. Was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That him. was like, yeah, that's the part I'm talking about. Yeah. That yeah. one. So eventually they run into this guy and he's just this weirdo. Yeah. And as it turns out, this is like, um, it's not a prison planet. It's like a funeral planet. Yeah. And this is where his responsibility, he's like a robot basically yeah. or suspended animation. And he right. gets everyone like here, have some drinks while we talk about this. Okay. So what happens is people want to be remembered for the like most happy moments of their lives. So then we freeze them during that. So it's exactly like body works, except people get to choose how they yeah, die instead of just it, being forced to play basketball. Right. So they're not all people though. So like right. the, you know, no one said, Hey, my happiest memory would be to lose a beauty contest <laughs> next to some ugly chick. So, so they're all, <laughs> they're like, they're like robots or like yeah, yeah. artificial people. But, um, and they say, they say like he lists the different settings they have, which mm-hmm. are pretty much like the different regions in Disneyland. Yeah, exactly. And this is like the you know I don't know what you would call it, Main Street. Main Street, yeah, exactly. And then they're like, oh, we just want to go home. And then suddenly they start clutching their throats. Oh, they've been poisoned. He's like, I told you not to drink that. And then they're like on their ship, propped up in their little rocket pods, because that's their eternal wish is to stay on their rocket ship forever. <laughs> Exactly. Did you have any theories when this episode was playing out about what was going on? I had no idea. Did you have any guesses? It was difficult because we'd already seen kind of variations on the whole where is everybody? Like, what is. So many variations. Yeah. Yeah. A guy in a town, what's going on kind of thing. So I I was not expecting it to be a guy who comes out of suspended animation and poses people (laughs) for a funeral planet. Yeah, funeral planet. I, I, my best guess when it started was that it was going to be like an alien zoo. That they were kind of like they were going to be like giant aliens, and this mm-hmm. was just like their little figure oh, set for mankind, like a diorama and, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I expected it to go in that direction, but when that guy turned around, that must have thrown you for a loop. Oh boy, so many loops were thrown. <laughs> it's a pretty cool episode. It, yeah. as, as novel as it is, I mean, the first half there was a great mystery of what the heck is going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, my Twilight Zone is really a mix of half of them are immediately guessable, and the other half yeah. are just. So out of left field, you could never possibly guess it. Yeah. And I guess it falls in the latter yeah. camp. And we had discussed this. A lot of these episodes fall into the twist is it's Earth or it is not Earth. Right. So this is a, a it is not Earth uh, <laughs> twist. Yeah, exactly. And the whole thing with the old guy is he spends a lot of time bashing humanity. Yeah. And like after they've all died, he's like, wow, they're still men. There can be no peace is the idea. But don't you think he would look over and go, you know what, though? They have mayors. <laughs> They had blinking men. They have blinking men. So much blinking. You don't have to be the uh, knockout to win first prize in the beauty contest. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. I ended up giving this one an eight. Yeah, I, that's exactly where I landed on it as well. There we go. And what else stands out about this episode, Cork? What else stands out? Oh, God. Am I missing something? You're missing something huge, but outside of the box. Hmm. This is the first appearance of Rod Serling on the screen. Do you remember oh. this? It is at the very end of this episode. Yeah. It's really awkward, but it just abruptly cuts to Rod Serling standing there mm-hmm. talking about women. Oh dear! Do you remember this? No. And it's like I don't it must have this. been after the final commercial break, or they just huh. tacked it on awkwardly in the Netflix version or the DVD, whatever they're basing this on. But it cuts to Rod Serling saying, uh, "He's like, I got to settle an argument that he's not okay. That he's not at his best when writing women." 
And then he introduces the next episode and he's like, this one stars a woman. So I'm guessing that back in the time he got some flack for the first 20 episodes here for having really crappy women on screen. Yeah. And so I don't know if this was a response to the criticism. Mm. He just felt like he needed to get his face out there to be like, hey, you think I don't know how to write women? Check out this next episode. Yeah. There's something though, and I agree, he doesn't really, like the women, the portrayal of them has not been great. Except uh, for the the act of heroism that you mentioned. Yeah. There's just something really weird that I find attractive about women in television in that era. I'm with you. Could you take a woman of our era and yes. film her in the same way and would she look exactly the same? It, it, I mean, it all just comes down to the hair and the camera, right? It, I mean, yeah, exactly. It, that's the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there we go. Rod Serling's on the screen now and I'm wondering, I haven't seen yeah. the next episode yet. I'm wondering if on the next one he's going to start introducing them. Maybe he'll settle some more bets for us. <laughs> That's a really weird way to do that, isn't it? It's like, here's some guy you have no idea who he is. Yeah. Assuming that we're betting on whether or not he knows how to write women. Cool. Well, please join us for the next five episodes as we run down the best of the Twilight Zone. Or all of them. Or every single <laughs> exactly. one. Byline, highlight, Twilight. It's not getting any better, is it? Uh, no. Goodbye, you know. everybody. <laughs>